So recently, my 14-year-old son, Cade, got really interested in exercise and working out. And he decided to pick the old man's brain, you know, because of my sheer size. Uh, he can't... I don't understand why there's laughter at a comment like that, but okay. So he decides to pick my brain a little bit, and uh, obviously I'm not in the best shape, and so I'm just talking to him about this or that, and, and then we start talking about push-ups. And that's one thing, I, in high school, man, I was really good at push-ups, and so I, I start to show him some you know, ways to do different push-ups and things, and so he starts doing them. And he starts bragging about how many he, he can do. So I jump off the couch, because I cannot let him beat me yet. I, it's too early in the game. One day, he'll surpass me, but it can't be when I'm 14, right? And so I get down, I'm doing push-ups, he's doing push-ups, we're trying to I'll push up each other, you know? And then this turned into us working out together every day now. And so we work together, and we just work out. We do some weights. We do some push-ups. And the first day we worked out, I woke up the next morning, and I was like, wow, I don't feel as bad as I thought. And then I woke up the next day, and I'm like, I think I'm dead. I don't know. I might literally not be breathing anymore. And so it was so rough, and it was really, 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 really rough. I just remember, though, thinking, well, you know, I have done this before. Like, we've all done this, haven't we, man? Ah, oh, we've all said, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get extra, you know, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get in great shape and then we kind of give up eventually don't we but here's why i think i'm going to make it this time i think i will not give up this time because i'm doing this with Cade. we're in this together and we're fighting for this together and so this time i don't think i'm going to give up i want you to think for a second about the things in your life that you want to give up on and specifically i want to talk to those of you today who might find yourself in three different categories the first category is this you want to give up on god this is your last shot It's your last Sunday. You say, God, today's the last one, and I'm throwing in the towel unless you do something great. Some of you guys are ready to give up on your relationship with Jesus. But then there's others of you. You're not ready to give up on your relationship with God, but here's what you maybe gave up on. You gave up on believing God would do big, huge, amazing things. You still believe in Him. You still believe He's the Savior of the world. You still believe He loves you, but you gave up on praying those huge, big, God-sized prayers. Do you remember the very first Sunday in January, I got up on the stage and I said, guys, never done this before, but I feel like the theme we're supposed to pray about this year is these three words, move in power, that God would move in power in our lives and in our church this coming year. And you know what? My guess is some of us have kind of stopped praying that move in power prayer. And I want to talk with you about some of the reasons why I think that is. But before we get there, I also want to talk with some of you guys who are saying, Doug, I don't want to give up on God. I'm doing great. And I've been praying that moving power prayer. I'm believing God for bigger things than ever. Great. Here's where I want to talk with you. See, some of you guys have someone in your life who's ready to give up on God. Someone in your life who's ready to give up on God being a God who does miracles. And today, I want to challenge you to be someone who pushes those people in your life closer to Jesus. And so I don't know which one of those categories you find yourself in. Ready to give up. Kind of giving up on God being this big God that still does amazing things currently. Or the person that knows somebody who's there. And so we're going to work through this here this morning. And I, I think this is so important because, you know, sometimes we go, Doug, I know I should not give up on God, but I'm struggling with it. I know I should keep praying big prayers, but I'm struggling with it. And I know I should push others toward Jesus who need me. But, but here's what happens is sometimes we just lose some of that, you know? Like in this cup, I have a bunch of sand, okay? And somebody once said that vision leaks. And I want you to think about this sand that's in my hand here. And you know, if I, if I were to like take my cup and come out to each of you guys and say, all right, guys, put out your hand. I'm going to put some sand in it. And I, I want you to go through your day with this sand in your hand, right? Did you see that? I just lifted my hand up and some sand kind of leaked out a little bit, right? And you'd go out to your car and be like, 
how do I drive, right? Like, what do I do here? And so, so you'd kind of be driving, maybe a little bit more sand, be leaking out, and you get home, and you're like, I got to eat, man. And so, you know, I, I'm going to put this down. I'm going to put the sand down now. And as you put it down, maybe some kind of slips through the table, like just happened there. And then later, you're like, oh, the sand, I got to pick the sand back up. And so you go back to get it, and you do your best to pick it up. But man, there's still a bunch of sand here. And then later tonight, you go through something hard. You get home, something bad happens, big fight in the family, or man, you heard something terrible that happened, one of your friends betrayed you, and, and you just put the sand down. You're like, I'm so sick of this. And you get up tomorrow and you don't pick the sand back up. And that's what some of us have done, right? Some of us have kind of put the sand down. We put that vision down of pursuing God and we haven't picked it back up in a while. Or we put that vision down of praying that God would move in power in our lives, in our family lives, in our marriage, in our dating relationship, in our body, in our finances. We, we just kind of put the sand down. We didn't even mean to put the vision down, but we did. And we just haven't picked it back up since. And so today, I want to kind of you know, breathe some fresh vision into your heart to continue to pursue God, to continue to believe Him for big things, and to be the kind of person that pushes others toward Him in the midst of their struggles. And so here's where I think, you know, we got to kind of get real. We, we're in different places, some of us here in the room today. Some of you guys are consistently pursuing God. You're close with God. You've seen Him answer prayer recently. You're all excited. You're fired up. Amazing. Stay there. Stay passionate. There are a lot of people in this room who wish they felt like you today. Don't, don't take a step back from there. Keep going, right? And then there's those of us who are distracted a bit. It's not that we're not, not, not like we're angry at God, not like we're, you know, purposefully forgetting, but we're just kind of like, I don't know, sitting back a bit in our relationship with God, so to speak. But then, and I think this is where a lot of us are going to find ourselves today, we stopped asking God to move in power. We, we, we stopped pursuing Him like we once were because we met some resistance along the way. Has that ever happened to you? You were real close with God. You were seeing him do some big things. But, but then you were praying some prayers and they weren't quite getting answered as quickly as you wanted or in the way that you wanted. And you met some resistance and suddenly it felt like there was something between you and Jesus a little bit here. And for some of us, what this resistance is made up is, is the journey in our life. It's the journey that we're going on. Anybody there right now, you're looking at the journey and you're like, man, the journey has worn me down. The journey of pursuing Jesus. The journey of believing for big things. I'm just kind of worn out, if I'm honest, you know? I don't know if you guys have ever been on a crazy road trip that wore you down. When I was about 21 years old, I went to a music festival in the middle of Illinois, in the middle of a cornfield. It was called Cornerstone Music Festival. And a bunch of my favorite bands were playing, and my church youth group went, and we drove there. We drove like 25, 30 hours to this place in the middle of nowhere. It was 110 degrees. We stayed in tents. We were dirty. My friend Justin got a really good tan until he showered and it all went away. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, Justin, what happened to your tan? He's like, I showered. I, like, I don't think that's how tans work. Like, I don't know what happened to you, man. But, but we were filthy, right? We saw some great bands, but then we jumped back in the van. And, and you know what? We have to drive home now. And my buddy Seth and I, we got the first shift and it was overnight. So we're exhausted. And so we're driving down the road, man. We're singing our 80s metal songs with the bands we just saw and our 90s grunge rock punk bands we just saw. We're all pumped up, you know. But man, about 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., finally, around 7 a.m., there was this couple on the trip. And they had some kids with them. And and they were like, you know what? We'll take the next shift. So me and Seth, man, we get in the back of the van. I literally put my head down and VeggieTales starts blaring through the speakers. Like, this is ridiculous, right? Not only that, but the two people driving the van, their kids who were on the trip that were like maybe four and five were also in the back of the van. And they were being really loud little kids. Now, I like kids, but not when I'm that worn out and not when I'm that tired. And I'm sitting there and they're playing with their dolls and stuff, you know. 
And I was just being silly. I was really trying to just have a fun interaction with one of them. And so I just sort of said, oh, let me see the doll. And I took it. And I was kind of like, ha, ha, I got your doll. Trying to just be silly. She's like, give me the doll back. And I was shot, man. Length of the journey wore me down. I was like, no. She's like, give it back. I'm like, you say, please. I mean, I'm not a psycho, guys. But I was acting like one, okay? And so we're going back and forth and back and forth. And finally, the mom in the front, I just hear veggie tails get turned off. And she yells back, how's everybody doing? And I just went, shh. And I like pretended I was asleep and I didn't want to get busted. But man, on a normal day, I wouldn't have acted like that. You could trust me with your children, really. But you know what? That journey wore me down. And some of you guys, your faith is maybe not what it once was. Because the journey has worn you down. Your expectation maybe is not what it once was. Because the journey has worn you down. And you know what? Maybe it's been a long journey. Maybe it's even been a short one. But you're just exhausted right now. And that resistance has kept you from pursuing Jesus like maybe you should be. I think another thing is the disappointments. Anybody there? The disappointments kind of just get to you. You were believing God would come through. And he didn't quite come through in the time that you want or the way that you want. You got so disappointed. Your heart was so beat up by that disappointment that you just stopped praying. Big prayers. You just stopped pursuing him like you once did. That fire that was in your heart has kind of been put out. It's like someone dragged, you know, a cup of water and just sort of poured it over the passion of your heart. And, and you still believe in Jesus, but man, it's not what it used to be, you know? Because the disappointments have hurt so much. It says in Scripture that hope deferred or delayed makes the heart sick. And some of our hearts are sick right now with disappointment. And today I want to breathe some hope back to you. I think the other piece of resistance I want to talk to you about today is the barrier. The barriers that we sometimes run into. See, some of us can say, oh no, man, I know exactly what's wrong with me. The length of this journey wore me down or the disappointment of that situation wore me down. But some of us would say, I don't know why I feel far from God. I just do. It just feels like there's a barrier between me and God. There's something in the way and I can't name it or figure it out, but it exists. And guys, sometimes it's easy to give up here. We stopped asking. We stopped believing. We stopped hoping. And so today, I want to encourage you And I want to motivate you and inspire you to not give up. I want to say to you, don't give up. You see, here's the truth. If we stop asking God to move in power, if we stop pursuing Him like maybe we once were, then, man, we're going to miss out on seeing Him do some beautiful things. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're here today. And you might say, Doug, I've never asked God for anything. I don't figure He wants me to. I don't figure He wants me. Or you might say, I did ask God for something and it didn't happen. And so that's what made my heart jaded. And yeah, Doug, the disappointment did get me and I have given up since. And so today, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether it's the journey, the disappointments, the barriers, or whether it's a person in your life that's going through all that, and you're there on purpose, God's placed you there to make an impact on them, I hope to encourage you here today. So we're going to look at a powerful story in Luke chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 17. And we're going to see some amazing things that happen with some people who face some resistance and how Jesus came through. It says in verse 17, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. So, just stick with me here. I know you're like, I don't really care about that verse, Doug, but just hang with me because this is important. The Pharisees had traveled from all different types of places to come hear Jesus, okay? The Pharisees were these teachers, these religious rulers of the day. They came to hear Jesus and see him. They've been hearing all these rumors about this Jesus and he's powerful and he does all this amazing miracles and stuff. So they travel from all these places. Now, Mark tells us that they were in a place called Capernaum. Now, uh, Galilee to Capernaum 
was 15, it's 15.7 miles if you let Google map it today, okay? 15.7 miles. But in Jesus' day, Galilee was bigger. And so it was a larger region. So these guys who came from Galilee could have traveled at least 15 miles, maybe even more. So that's a good day's journey, man, by foot, right? These guys aren't, you know, taking Uber, right? They're, they're walking this out. That's a good journey, right? But the other thing is, is, if you look at Judea and Jerusalem to Capernaum, we're talking about a week's journey now. And so we know at the very least that these Pharisees had the journey to get to Jesus. Now, that'll matter in just a minute. Now it says this, and the power of the Lord is with Jesus to heal the sick. So Jesus is healing people. He's, you know, giving lepers their lives back. He's giving blind men and, and women their, their eyesight back. He's giving the lame their legs back. He's giving all these people their hope and their life back. Amazing things. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're like, why do you guys take this Jesus guy so seriously? We take him seriously because he's that powerful. Because he can do some incredible things that no one's ever done before or since Jesus walked the earth. Then, let's see what happens. Verse 18. Some men carrying, I'm sorry, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. So this group of guys have heard about what Jesus is doing. And they decide, we're going to take our friend. We're going to go and we're going to journey to be near Jesus. Now here's the thing, guys. We don't know where they came from. We don't know. They could have, like the Pharisees, traveled a full day or even a full week to get to Jesus if they came as far as, where, as from the Pharisees did, right? But we don't know that. It could have just been across town. But I want you to think about it for a minute. They're not just walking across town. They're carrying a lame man on a mat across town. So whether it's a week journey or an hour journey for them, it's a journey, a journey that could wear them down. And maybe I just wonder if one of these guys on the journey, was getting a little frustrated. Maybe they were getting a little bit tired. Maybe they were tired of carrying their friend. Maybe the guy on the mat was getting tired of being carried on the mat. And I just wonder if the journey wore them down, like it sometimes can you or sometimes can me. Sometimes the journey wears us down. Our staff, some of us, are going out to California within the next month. We're going to meet with an, an architect. I asked some pastor friends, hey, you know, as we get a property and as we either buy land or we buy a building, like who would you hire to, you know, put it all together and make it an epic church? And the same name kept coming back, Mel McGowan, Mel McGowan. So we're going to go out to California to meet with this guy, Mel McGowan. Now, Mel McGowan spent 10 years of his life building Disney. Like he worked at Disney. It was his job to build the epic sets and the epic rides and all that stuff. So this guy's legit. He left Disney to begin to work with churches and he has a real heart for churches. And so he could charge us an astronomical fee. But instead what he does is he just charges us the going rate of an architect in our area. And then brings his incredible, brilliant design. Like this dude has been named best, ar- best church architect, best builder. Uh, named top 25 influencers of OC Metro Magazine. He's designed stuff from Mosaic Church, Elevation Church. So huge deal. And he says, hey guys, why don't you come out to California? We'll meet, we'll talk, we'll dream, we'll pray, we'll hang out. And I'm like, sweet, California, man. That's not too bad, right? Three-hour time difference, so it's probably take about three hours to get there. Horrible logic, by the way. (laughs) It's five hours by plane. And then I start to look into the specific part of California he lives in. It's more like six and a half to eight, depending on where you're going. Guys, in eight hours, I could drive to Philly, have a cheesesteak at Geno's for lunch, take a nap, have a cheesesteak at Pat's for dinner, drive home. I have a bit of a cheesesteak problem, but I'd be back in less than eight hours. Like, this is going to be a journey, a multi-day journey. Fly out, spend a day, fly back, right? And I haven't even done it yet, and I'm tired, right? And sometimes, guys, in life, the journey just wipes us out, man. It's the length of the suffering for some of us. I've just been suffering so long. 
I've been sick so long. I've been lonely so long. I've been addicted so long. But some of us, it's not the length, it's just the intensity. Man, I've only been struggling with this for like a month, but it feels like forever. And the journey wears us down. And some of us are tempted to give up right here. Some of us are tempted to say, man, God, you're just not coming through. I needed you sooner. I needed you quicker. I needed you nearer. I need you now. And and you're not here yet. And that length can wear us down. Anybody here worried by the journey? Look what it says in verse 19. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. Remember, they're on their way to Jesus. They just journeyed this whole way. And then they turn the corner and there's a crowd so big coming out of the house that Jesus is in, they can't even get to him. And I don't know about these guys, but I would have been thinking, seriously? (laughs) We journeyed this whole way, whether it was an hour carrying a guy in a mat or a week. And now I can't even get in to see him? I would have been all excited you know, Jesus is going to do something great, man. We know God's going to come through. Maybe the guy in the mat's going, I just can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to get near him. And suddenly, they find themselves outside the house, unable to get in. So my brother and I, my brother-in-law and I love this band called Striper. They're a Christian 80s metal band. And uh, I'm going to sing a song just to, no, I'm not. You'd fire me. But even the picture, you're like, let's fire him. But, but uh, my brother-in-law, we, we've seen these guys a bunch of times. And one time he went without me. And uh, he was all excited, man. He got a whole group together. They went in to the, the city, and they, they had a big meal at this barbecue place, and they're all excited. And they, they, they walked the streets to get to the venue, and they turned the corner, and same deal. Just people everywhere, people all outside the venue. They can't get in. They're like, what's going on? Eventually, the announcement came out. Oh, man, the soundboard busted up, and no one can fix it in time for the show. The show is canceled, right? And so the moral of the story is don't go see my favorite band without me. That was the moral of that one. No, but, but man, I, he was so upset because of the journey and all the planning. and all. Can you just imagine these guys are not going to see the 80s metal show. These guys are going to try to get this guy's life back, right? And here they are. And I can only imagine that the disappointment was great right here. The disappointment's got you. And I thought God would come through by now. It's been a long road of sickness. Our marriage has been in trouble for a while. The debt's been piling up. I thought Jesus would come through right now. The addiction's been, man, such a long battle. And I thought this would be over. And maybe some of us start to change, change our, our perspective here from, man, I thought by now to never will, right? Hasn't and won't. And right here, we begin to maybe give up some hope. And this, guys, right here, if I could just... This is a critical time. If this is where you are, this is a critical time. Because it's right here we have to get some fresh eyes on our perspective. We have to get some fresh eyes on our situation. We have to get some some new hope injected into us right in the middle of this. Because look at these guys, man. These guys have journeyed. They turned the corner. They saw the disappointment. And right here we see something crazy happen. Look at what it says. They went up on the roof. Went up on the roof. Wait, what do you mean they went up on the roof? I mean, I just, I just kind of wonder whose idea it was. Like, like I wonder if as they turn the corner, they see the crowd. If like two of the guys who were carrying the matter, like let's go home. And maybe the other two guys, you know, one of them just had a little crazy look in his eye and was like, wait, 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 follow me up on the roof. And the guy on the mat's like, up on the roof, like what? Or maybe the four guys carrying the mat, the five, however many guys was carrying the mat, maybe they had their hearts broken with disappointment and the guy on the mat 
said, no, we're not leaving. You don't think some crowd in the doorway is going to get between us and Jesus, do you? He said, let's go up on the roof. I don't know. I don't know how it played out, but I know they went up on the roof. But think about this for a second. There's still a roof in the way, right? There's still a barrier in the way. And that's where some of us are right now. There's a barrier. We don't even know what it's made of, maybe. I don't know. I can't name it right now. I don't know if it's my disappointment. I don't know if it's the length of the journey. I just know there's something between me and Jesus right now. And I just wonder if they're up on the roof and all they could see was the barrier, you know? Like, well, we got up here, nice view and all, but what now, right? And sometimes all we can see is the barrier between us and God. We think, you know what, I've journeyed so far. The crowd and the disappointment was great, but, but now what, right? But these men didn't let that stop them. I love it. Look what it says. And they lowered him on his mat through the tiles, which means what? They tore through the roof. They tore through the barrier. I mean, think about all the reasons not to do this. It wasn't their roof. What about the homeowner? Like, hey, it's my roof, man. Right? What if one of them fell? What if the man was dropped? What if Jesus got angry? And you know what, guys? Sometimes in our lives, all we can see are the excuses why we shouldn't pursue Jesus anymore. And today, I hope we can rip through that roof. Because there are some roofs that need to be torn through to get to Jesus today. I can guarantee you that. Let me ask you a question. What's your roof made of? Think about it. Pray about it. What's your roof made of? What has been that thing you have decided, this is between me and God, and it ain't moving? What's that thing that you need to get a new perspective on, a fresh set of eyes to be able to say, no, we're going through the roof. What roofs do we need to tear through to get to Jesus? Is your roof made of doubt? Is it made of fear? Is it made of pride? God, you haven't come through so far, I'm done. Is it made of some kind of insecurity, like Joe talked about earlier during worship, that we don't deserve to go into his presence? What is your roof made of? Because it's time to tear through that thing. So let's reread a little bit and then catch up. It says this, They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. The journey. The disappointment, the barrier didn't keep them from getting to Jesus. Let me talk to some of you guys in the room for a minute. Because some of you guys are like, Doug, you know what? It's not really where I'm at. I'm okay. I feel close to Jesus. I feel like I'm really excited about my relationship with him right now. Okay, so my question for you is, which friend of yours do you need to get on a mat and take them to Jesus? Which person in your life, your spouse, your child, your parent, a co-worker, metaphorically speaking, who do we need to get on the mat and say, God, we're going to Jesus together with this. Maybe you gave up, but I didn't give up. I'm going to keep on pushing you to Jesus. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be encouraging you. I'm going to be sending you Bible verses. You can throw them back in my face if you want, but I'm going to send them anyway. I'm going to you know, invite you every chance I get to come check out our church. Like I'm carrying you to Jesus best I can. Because there's probably somebody in every one of our lives who needs that right now. Who needs a text after church just praying for you. But Doug, I don't know how it will turn out. Okay. God put on my heart a few, few months ago, pour into people no matter how it turns out, right? Pour into people, disciple them, encourage them in Jesus. Whether I ever see him again or not, I can reach out through a text and say, Hey, I'm praying for you. I hope you're doing well. You know, God's got this. He's going to walk you through this. It's all good. But I don't know how it will turn out. It doesn't matter. Jesus didn't, you know minister to people based, you know, solely on whether they would follow him or not. Like look at Judas, right? Pour into people. Pour into them. There are people in your life that God has placed you there specifically 
to help push them to him. Look what happens, verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And I have to believe Jesus was kind of smirking watching this whole scene. Don't you think so? Like, I think Jesus had a good sense of humor. He made all us, right? I, I think he had a good sense of humor. I think, guys, the tiles are getting peeled back. I mean, Jesus knew everything, so he knew they, he knew, he knew they were up there, right? The tiles are getting peeled back. He's like, here we go. <laughs> Just watching. Lower down. Like, what was it, like a pulley? Like, Yo, bring him back up a little. I get stuck. All right. Like, I just wonder how that all played out. And then here he is, just down at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And no one expected that. What did everybody think Jesus was going to say? You're healed. But Jesus started with the greater miracle. He started with your sins are forgiven. It's more important to have your sins forgiven than to be able to walk. And so Jesus starts right there. And we're not going to jump into this part. We're going to skip a few verses because we've covered this sort of recently in a different story. But the Pharisees lost their mind because they knew only God could forgive sins. And they're like, Jesus, we don't believe you're God. And here you are saying your sins are forgiven. And, And so Jesus is real smart. And so look at what he does. Verse 24, he says, but I want you to know that the son of man, he's talking about himself, me, Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus is saying, just so you know that when I say your sins are forgiven, they really are. Watch this. And then he says this. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Paralyzed man healed. Sins forgiven. Jesus, God in the flesh. And I love the encouragement it brings to your heart and my heart today, thousands of years later, that these men didn't give up. Can you imagine if they had Imagine what they would have missed out on if they had given up before they got to Jesus. I'm sure these guys are so glad. They're going, you know what? That journey was long, but I'm so glad we got to Jesus. And that disappointment was real, man. It took the life out of us for a minute there. But thank God we persisted. And thank God for that one joker among us who thought about going up on the roof. And thank God we didn't let that barrier of the roof stay in the way. Thank God we tore through that thing and we got our friend to Jesus. So what do I want you guys to get today? What do I hope will stick with you? What do I hope will inspire you and breathe life to you and hope back into your heart? It's this thought. Don't let the journey, disappointments, or barriers keep you from Jesus. We got to fight through all of that. Don't allow that to steal what God wants to do in your life. Don't give up. And some of you guys are like, Doug, I haven't. I've been consistently praying. I've been consistently going to God. Good. Keep it up. Like I said, there's a lot of people in this room who felt as, wish they felt as close to God as you do today. Keep going. Some of you guys, well, Doug, it's not that I, like, I'm giving up on God. I just kind of, like you said, I put the sand down, and I just never picked it back up. Okay, let's pick it back up today, and let's pursue Jesus, and let's ask him to move in power and believe that he is the same God who healed that, that leper, or I'm sorry, that lame man 2,000 years ago. Pick it back up and keep pushing toward him. But for those of us in the room, oh man, the resistance just got to us if we're honest. Maybe we didn't even ever realize that. Maybe we wouldn't even have said it that way before hearing this today. But we realized today that the resistance did in fact get to us. And that the journey did wear us down. But it's on that journey we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we realize maybe, wow, the disappointment did keep me 
from pursuing him like I could have. But you know what? This is where we got to pray. Like Kelly said a, a few months ago up here, God, just keep my heart soft. Keep my heart soft. Keep my heart soft. My heart wants to be angry. My heart wants to be mad. There's even a roof I got to tear through. But God, help me and keep my heart soft. And you know what? Those barriers that block us, I just think about it. And again, this, this isn't in the Bible, so I can't say that you know, this actually happened. But what I, I just imagine, I just wonder sometimes about how all this stuff plays out. I can't wait to see it all. I believe there's going to be a thousand-inch screen on TV in heaven. We're all going to sit around with some popcorn and some Dr. Pepper and watch this all play back. It'll be epic. And so it'd be bigger. Let's go a million. Why not, right? It's heaven. And so there we will be. And I just wonder if we could watch it back, if maybe when they were up on that roof, one of the guys was like, there's still a roof, man. I just wonder, guys, and I pray this speaks to you today. If, the, if one of the other guys was like, wait, wait, just be quiet. The guy's like, no, no, man, we've got to figure out how to either get down off this roof or get through it. No, 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 no. The other guy's like, just shut up for a minute. <laughs> if you listen, I can hear Jesus' voice. If you listen, I can hear his voice through this roof, through this barrier. We're so close. Let's tear this thing apart. I just wonder if that's some of you today. You're so close to the breakthrough. You're so near his voice. It's right there. It's right on the other side. And if you just punch through that roof, you'll be at the feet of Jesus. And so don't let these disappointments, these journeys, and these barriers keep you from him. Let's get back on Let's pick up the sand. Let's pick up the vision. Let's carry it forward. And let's pursue Jesus like never before. In the 2015-2016 NFL season, the Minnesota Vikings had a kicker named Blair Walsh. And this guy was killing it. He was, he was breaking records for the season of field goals. And they had 22 seconds left to extend their season into the playoffs. They're at the 27-yard line. And all Blair Walsh has to do is get up and make a kick he has done probably thousands of times in his life. He kicks the ball. It goes wide. Their season ends. And in Minnesota, the media ripped this poor guy apart. Well, a group of first graders in their area felt bad for Blair Walsh. One named Allie Edwards said this. You guys can read along with me. Blair was really sad, and we wanted to make him feel better. Another one of her classmates wrote, Dear Blair Walsh, I think you should keep trying. Don't give up. We still love you. Get better by practicing. <laughs> Another guy named Taylor said this. Dear Blair, I, feel bad. I fell bad for you. Don't give up. You are still number one. Practice more so you can be better at kicking. You're so good at kicking. So don't give up. Keep trying. We still love you. I feel like it's my job today to look you guys in the face and say, get that stinking football out of the garage, put it back on the 27-yard line, and kick that thing until it goes through the field goal. That we persist, that we don't give up, and that God embraces this hope in us, this faith in us, this expectation in us to do great things. And if we do... God is going to do the impossible in our lives. Listen, it's not always what we want, when we want. God is better to us than that. He does what we know we need. He does what he, we know, I'm sorry, He knows we need. He does those things we maybe don't want to ask for, but really actually do want in our lives. He allows us to walk through those dark times and gives us some things that will refine us and make us more patient and more loving and more hopeful 
and more faith-filled and more persevering. And he fills us with those things. But then there are also those times he says, yes, I will heal the body. Yes, I will provide the finances like you've never seen before. I'm going to heal the marriage. Kids, I'm going to give you the temptation to stand up to the peer pressure that you walk through in the school. In fact, that's a promise. God says he will always give us what we need in the moment of temptation, right? And so you and I, man, we just got to get back to picking the vision back up, to picking the sand back up. All right, I'm going to carry this thing forward by the grace of God. And we're going to see him move in power. Can I tell you something? 2018 has not gone exactly how I thought it would go. Not even gone how maybe I hoped it would go in some ways. Kelly's still battling with some health stuff. I, I really thought by now she'd be better. She'd be totally good. And she's got her ups and downs. I, I would have thought, you know, some different things would have happened in my personal life in some different ways. And so I can't say that every move in power prayer, prayer that I've prayed this year has gotten answered. But I can say, guys, that as a church, we are seeing God move in power. Do you know that the statistics on a church that goes portable says they're supposed to shrink a good bit? Do you know that a church that goes portable and leaves a building behind and goes into uncertainty like we've walked into is supposed to lose, lose a ton of people? In fact, I have friends, day one, lost about 100 people. And by God's grace, we've continued to reach more people. And so I don't know how everybody's moving power prayers are going, but God's moving in us together. And you know what? There's a new sense of passion in this room. There's a new sense of fire in this room. And I pray it gets deeper and deeper. In fact, if you want to get real fired up, come to our 7 o'clock service tonight. I don't know what it is. If I could just talk to us that are over maybe 30, there's something that happens when we get a little older than 30. Some of that fire, passion, tenacity in our faith in God gets robbed from us. And so if you want to come catch a little of that at the 7 tonight, you're more than welcome. But I pray as a church that we would just become these people who are encountering God in such mighty new move-in power type ways. And He is moving in our lives. And I don't know if he's going to do exactly what you're asking him to do or what I'm asking him to do. And I don't know the time frame and all this, but I know that he's good. And we can go off of what we feel or we can go off of what we know is true. Somebody once said, emotions sway, but truth won't fade away. And my emotions can say, God is not with me. He does not have me right now. But the truth is, man, he's got me more than I could even imagine. And so what of those barriers, those disappointments, those journeys, do you need to push through? What roofs need to be torn through today so that you get to the feet of Jesus? And maybe he will give you exactly what you want or maybe he won't, but I'm telling you what, when you're at his feet and you see his face and he makes himself real to you, that's what you need most. This man thought he needed to walk most. No, he needed to experience Jesus' forgiveness most. And so today, you can approach him knowing that he's good. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to put your trust in him today. You heard today that Jesus is God, that he's powerful, and I hope today you're hearing me now say he got up on a cross to give his life for you and was killed in a horrific way so that you could know him. If you want to put your trust in him, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute to ask you to forgive you of all your sin. He loves you so much. He wants to do that. But be encouraged, church. Let's get some fight in us again. Let's get that, that glimmer in our eye, that hope. Let's get that fresh set of eyes on those hopeless situations in our lives. And let's say, you know what? I'm not going to let the journey, the disappointment, or the barriers keep me from Jesus. Let's pray.
God, we need you. We need you, God. We need you to fire us up. We need you, God, to empower us to believe for bigger things ahead, God, in our personal lives and for us as a church as well, Lord. God, we bring to you praise that you are moving in power in our church. You are doing big things. You are giving us new vision. You are giving us new momentum, new new passion, new fire. Thank you for that, God. Thank you that we, since we've gone portable, have not gone backwards. We've gone forward. Thank you. That's your grace, Lord. But God, now we pray together for every move and power prayer that has not been answered yet, God. We fight right now for every marriage in this room that needs a miracle. We fight right now for every relationship between parents and kids that need a miracle. We fight right now, Jesus, for everyone that needs physical healing, provision, breakthrough from addiction, God, breakthrough from depression, loneliness, anger, unforgiveness. God, we just look to you. You are the move and power of God. I thank you that, Lord, we're going to see greater things yet. So empower us today. If you're a Christian, would you spend some time praying? Would you pray and be real with God that maybe the journey has worn you down or the disappointments broke your heart or the barriers feel so big? But would you pray for the strength to, to punch through the roof today? If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, you can pray with me right now if you'd like to. Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me. Thank you so much for getting up on that cross to remove my sin and my guilt. And thank you for rising back from the dead to purchase me as your own. Jesus, show me how real you are. Show me what it is to follow you. Thank you for all you've done for me. In your name. Before we open our eyes, I want to be praying for anybody that prayed that prayer for the first time. So I'm just going to kind of scan the room real quick. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, would you just look me in the eyes right now? Anybody here today say, for the first time, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Just kind of scanning around, trying to make my way to the back here. Awesome. Amen. God, we thank you for anybody this morning that put their trust in you. God, draw them so close to you and do such big things in their life. We love you, God. In your name, amen. Guys, let's stand and worship together. Let's stand and praise God like we mean it. Let's get some of that fire in us as we worship him. Some of that excitement, some of that passion, some of that praise for what he's done for us. And sometimes we're praising him and we're still up on the roof, guys. Some of you guys are like, Doug, I'm not through the roof yet. Like I'm not at his feet yet. Why would I worship him now? No, sometimes we got to praise up on the roof still. And so don't wait until your answer comes to praise him. He's worthy of it right now. Remember, the greatest thing you need is not to walk if you're lame today, is to have your sins forgiven. And so if you have that, if I have that, then we have all we need to.